everyone, it's Jonathan for or with Relationship Parenting. I am driving to my uh, one of my graduate classes. I'm on the freeway heading from my house to University of North Carolina at Charlotte. I have evening class going on there. And I wanted to uh, check in here on, on a podcast episode and just share some experiences that I've had over the last couple of days that have really solidified my belief in the, the stuff that I'm learning at school and the things that I'm starting to put together here uh, in my own mind is like what works with parenting and what's helping me kind of move along. So yesterday was such a unique Sunday. Now typically Sundays are not well loved in our household and part of that is because we, we um, will go to church for a couple hours and it can be kind of exhausting to go to church. So I teach the young kids. I teach them music. So I'll teach them different church songs about Christ and things like that. And that can be exhausting. For about an hour, I am up in front of you know 20 kids at a time, 30 kids at a time. And I'm teaching them songs and I have to be sort of energetic and I have to try to corral kids and some children are running up to the front and wanting to draw on the chalkboard and have to kind of figure out how to get them to get back in their seats. It can be tiring. Uh, and then the other part of church, we're trying to sit still, listen to a speaker. We'll have communion, things like that. We call it the sacrament. Um, but, you know, we have bread and it's, we have water and bread instead of bread and wine. But during, during that hour time, my 18-month-old is always getting out and walk, walking outside and we have to corral him and my five-year-old always like I want to go like I want to go outside and uh, like get a drink of water I mean every five minutes like can I get a drink of water so two hours it can be exhausting at church um, it's obviously it can be spiritually replenishing but also a little physically exhausting because of those things and so sometimes we'll come home and I'm just exhausted and then on top of that our family has decided not to uh, do the do some what would maybe typical Sunday activities we don't really like I don't go golfing uh, we don't watch sports on TV we don't really play sports uh, we even we don't even watch movies I've, I've identified a selection of movies which is basically VeggieTales and other sort of Christ centered uh, videos like that's usually what we get, start looking at uh, or that's what we can watch and stuff on Sunday and we can sometimes get trapped in this routine on Sundays where the kids feel like they can't do anything. They got to go to church for a couple hours and they come home and they can't watch their typical movies. They can't watch typical shows. And sometimes there's a little bit of arguing. Uh, we set aside about 30 or 40 minutes where we read scriptures as a family and we'll watch some scripture videos as a family. And anyway, for the last little while, it's been kind of, um, it's just been exhausting if I'm being completely honest. And uh, yesterday was completely the opposite. It was not exhausting. In fact, it was rejuvenating. At the end of the night, I was just telling my wife, I was like, yesterday or today was so amazing. It was so good. And I just want to talk through some of the routines that I did. Uh, and then I want to highlight one really important element of, of what happened. So in the morning, I started my day off reading scriptures, which was great. And then uh, I played with the kids. We, we did a couple things, um, but basically we only then got in the shower, got in the bathtub, kids got in the bathtub, uh, and we went to church. And at church, 
I'm using a lot of the techniques and the skills that I've developed and learned at my graduate classes at UNC Charlotte. And I feel way less overwhelmed by all the stuff going on with my kids wanting to get in and out of the church, uh, or my kids, to my two youngest, or the two boys, you know, they always want to get out. So them, and also when I'm teaching music, there's just uh, some interactions and I've learned how to talk with children when they want to act on their impulse, on their impulses. They want to come up to the front or whatever. And I just feel way more in control of the situation and of myself. And it's way, um, it's just such a different experience. It used to be super exhausting because I just didn't have a lot of control. Um, so it just, it, that got better. It's still, I still am tired because I'm, you know, up in front of people and I have to have some energy, but there's not that stress of not knowing what to do or what to say if kids are acting out of line. So that's way better. But then we got home. Uh, yesterday was the first day where I was really trying to implement some, some skills that I've been working on where I'm asking my kids to do things. And if they don't respond, how can I then act to get them to, to do what I need them to do? So uh, yesterday I, I put out a bunch of uh, large paper, which somebody just gave us these large rolls of paper. I'm not even sure where they came from or what their original use is. We got these large rolls of paper and I would trace the kids on this large roll of paper, trace their bodies, then we would cut them out and they would color them and draw pants and draw shirts and draw faces and all this. Like that was the activity. We did that for like four hours. And during this time, I had the kids, I needed the kids to do certain things. I needed them to clean up. I needed them to stop so that we could eat dinner. I needed them to um, help each other out. I needed them to uh, put certain things away. And usually that would be so overwhelming for me because I just... I, I, before I didn't always know how to, to manage that situation where it kind of could, it could feel a little chaotic, right? So I'm at home. Um, my wife wasn't feeling super well. So I kind of had the kids all by myself, all four kids trying to keep them busy. And we, and you know, we're not watching, I can't just say like, all right, watch Disney plus. We're trying to avoid that on Sundays. We want to keep it more family focused where we're we're doing things as a family, and if we do watch something, it's you know it's about Christ or some scriptural story. So I said, okay, well, you know we can't watch Disney Plus. Uh, I can't just um, you know do do sort of the typical things we might on a weekday. And so we're all in the house, uh, and I'm like I'm trying to trying to you know, keep them keep them going, and, and I don't really want to have the fighting and all that. That can be annoying too. So it's like managing four kids doing indoor activities together with different age groups, 10, seven, five, and one, and having them clean up after themselves, which included sweeping the floor, putting toys away, putting clothes away, going upstairs, picking up trash, all this stuff. So it's like all of that, it went so well. <laughs> it was just an amazing experience. And part of the reason it went well, I believe, is because I, I now have the words to get them to do what I need them to do when I need them to do it. And it isn't, and it's not that I have complete control and I'm controlling every 
aspect of their lives. It's just, um, I, I'm more comfortable asking them or telling them what I need done and they're getting much better at responding and doing it. And so initially, like the, this is kind of the progression that I'll use. And I think of it in terms of how, um, like what, what state are my kids in? If they're in a state where they're really upset or they're really excited, I, I call that like a hot temperature. Or if they're really sad, um, really down, that might be a, a cold temperature. And uh, if they're in a hot or cold temperature, I have to use a different tactic or a different technique, I should say. Um, but if they're in just kind of like this neutral state, then, then I know I can just very clearly and simply say what needs to be done. And so the, the two phrases that I love using, and I used them yesterday a lot, and, and uh, I loved them. And it was, for, for example, Owen, I need you to pick up that trash and put it in the garbage can. That, that's a simple phrase. I need you to. The other phrase is, it's time for you. For example, it's time for you to brush your teeth. It's time for you to put your pajamas on. It's time for you to prepare your snacks for tomorrow. So these are phrases that I'll use if they're in a, like a good state. They're not super angry. They're not super sad. They're just kind of in this neutral zone where, uh, you know, you can ask them and they'll do it. But what I found is that the skill in this comes where you're not too wordy. So for example, if I'm going like, hey, Owen, but it's getting kind of late and we need to get ready for school tomorrow and there's a lot of things that need to get done. So what I need you to do is put on your pajamas. That's way too many words for a five-year-old. So the best thing to do is to just say, Owen, I need you to put your pajamas on. Or, Owen, it's time for you to put your pajamas on. So 10 words or less is the ideal. That's what I shoot for in that initial phrase. The other thing is oh, those two power phrases, like the, I need you to, it's time for you. One of those. So if you have kids, even if you have adult, if you're working with adults, I'm sure this would be super duper helpful. But if you're working with kids, if you need them to do something, just make it very short and very succinct, very clear and use those phrase, I need you to, I need you to pick up your toys. I need you to put your clothes away. I need you to stop jumping on the couch. I need you to come inside. I need you to eat your dinner. I need you to sit down. Those are the phrases. It's very, or that's the phrase, like the very simple, short, clear. What do you need them to do? The other one is it's time for you to. It's time for you to put your shoes on. It's time for you to go to bed. It's time for you to brush your teeth. It's time for you to eat your dinner. It's time for you fill in the blank. The other thing I will also exclude is the reasoning. It's time for you to brush your teeth because you need to have clean teeth so that you don't go to the dentist and get cavities. <laughs> That's not the way to go about it. And it's counterintuitive because I always want to have like the explanation of, oh, well, kids need to know why they're doing everything. And, and to a, a, that's probably a good point in some situations. So I would definitely say, if you're like, hey, it's time for you to brush your teeth. And if he brushes his teeth and later on says, dad, why do we brush our teeth? Then of course I would say, well, we, we brush our teeth so we can get the, what I what we maybe describe 
to a five-year-old so we can get the sugar bugs off. You know, we, we want to get the bad things off of our teeth so that our teeth can be healthy. Now, whatever this, however you want to explain it. But in the moment of asking them, I do not introduce reason. I don't introduce the reason why. And if they ask, why do I need to brush my teeth? Uh, my response will just be, because it's time for you to brush your teeth. <laughs> why do I need to stop jumping on the couch? Because the couch is not for jumping on. And so if I say, hey, it's time for you to sit in your chair. Why? Why do I need to sit in my chair right now? Because it's time for you to do that now. Like you just, you don't, I don't feel the need to, to go into ex crazy explanation. So that's the approach. It's very simple, clear, concise statements, no explanation. It's time for you to, I need you to. Now, if they, uh, so anyway, yesterday I was doing that all the time and they were doing awesome. I would say, it's time for you to pick up the trash and they'd pick up the trash. It's time for you to get your pajamas on and they'd do that. Like all, not all day, I was not commanding them to do things like just left and right commanding them what to do. But if I needed something done, I could use that phrase and so often they did it. And it was just such a different experience. And I was telling my wife yesterday and today, I was like, what an amazing feeling as a parent finally to be at a place where we can tell our kids what to do and they will do it. Now there's magic in that phrase, but I will also say things that we've been working on for the last, I don't know, I, I want to say 18 months. I don't know if I've been as persistent for the last 18 months. Certainly for the last three or four months, I've been very persistent trying to do this. But like my goal is not to control my kids. My goal is for my kids to have self-control. I want them to be able to control their impulses. And so if I say, hey, Owen, it's time for you to pick up your toys, that requires him to have some self-control, to stop what he's doing and pick up toys and put them away. And one of the things that we've been doing to develop self-control is, is when they are, uh, what I say, in like this, this hot, cold temperature, they're super excited or super sad, and I ask them to do something, most likely they're not going to do it. So if my kids are jumping on the couch and they're having a blast, and I say, hey guys, it's time for you to stop jumping on the couch. Or if your rule is don't jump on the couch. Hey guys, I need you to stop jumping on the couch. If they're feeling excited, they're not going to stop. So in that situation, what I will do is I will start off by acknowledging what it is they're feeling. Hey guys, I know you're having a really fun time jumping on this couch. But this is the second part. I'm going to... Uh, state the limit or the boundary, but the couch is not for jumping on. Or if the, like, if I'm okay with the couch being jumped on, I, I might just say, Hey guys, I know you're having a great time jumping on the couch, but the time for jumping is over. And then after I state the, or I, after I acknowledge their, their desire, their feeling, and then I state the limit, I then follow that up with the alternative. Now the alternative could just be what you need them to do it's time for bed, right? So maybe that's what it is. Or, um, hey, I know you want to keep on coloring on the paper, but the time for coloring is over. You need to put your pajamas on or, you know, whatever it might be. Now, if, there, if there's a limit like where they're jumping on the couch and the couch is not for jumping on, the exchange might be, hey guys, I know you're having a great time jumping on the couch, but the couch is not for jumping on. You can go outside and jump on the trampoline, 
or you can stay inside and uh, bounce a ball or something or you know whatever whatever your rule might be so you offer some alternatives but it's this this like this approach of when their emotions are overwhelming their system there I, I look at that as being hot or cold and my role my role as a parent is to be a thermostat and to help them get back to like a normal level a normal temperature so that they can listen and hear the um, the instructions so if they're feeling super sad about something they just they just um, hurt themselves or they just made a big mistake and maybe they ruined a project they were they were working on or their brother hit them yelling instructions is not helpful so in that case it'd be like i know you were really disappointed that it didn't work out but the time for coloring is over it's time to get up uh, it's time to get your pajamas on you know that that kind of thing so acknowledging and and maybe even validating uh, you know, I do that sometimes too. It's like, hey, I know you're super disappointed that your project didn't work out. And that makes sense that you'd be, that you'd feel that way. You worked really hard and it's a normal feeling to be disappointed. <clears throat> but it's time for you to go to bed or whatever, you know, but, or, but um, I guess setting, setting the limit was, um, but the time for working on your project is over for today. And you can work on it again tomorrow. So we, in our household, we work a lot on that, that phrasing. And we're using this to help our kids, one, know that feeling things is okay. Two, giving them responsibility and returning that responsibility uh, to act. And also asking them to stop themselves. And if they can't stop themselves, I don't want to jump in and physically harness them or, or hold them or corral them. Like I want them to learn what it's like to feel what it's like to have an impulse and to stop that impulse. And so over the last, I guess what I'm getting to is a long-winded way of saying this. Over the last three or four months, I've intentionally been working on it hard. Um, casually over the last 18 months, I've been working on it. But I'm trying to get my kids to respond better to our requests or our demands as parents. And I'm not doing it through, um, I'm not trying to do it through intimidation or spanking or physical anything. I'm trying to help them develop self-control. And yesterday was a day where it was just phenomenal, like such an amazing feeling where I'd ask them to do things and they would do it. And if they weren't doing it, I would acknowledge the feeling, the emotion they have or the desire and acknowledge that and set the boundary and then offer them an alternative and they responded to that. And it was such a different feeling in the house. And I, and I bring up that I was on a Sunday because Sunday is not a typical day where we just can kick them out and they all go to friends' houses and, and do whatever. Like we try to have a family day. In, uh, it can be outside like in our yard or whatever, but yesterday we just happened to be in the house. But Sundays can often be challenging because of we're not having lots of friends over. We're not outsourcing our entertainment by Disney Plus or Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever. Um, and so that can be like a really stressful day for, for us as parents. And so to have that be just such an amazing day was just a, it, it was awesome and a little bit unique. Um, and I think a lot, a large part of that was because they were so responsive. They were, they were never out of control. And if they started getting out of control, we could, we could bring them back in. And so just, I guess this is, you know, sort of a, a check-in on this stuff that I'm learning and that I'm talking about on the podcast and that I'm, I'm putting out on eBooks and all that, it works. 
and it makes your life as a parent easier and it makes your life as a parent more enjoyable and makes your household like more pleasant to be in. And so, um, yeah, anyway, that's just a quick check-in. Not quick. That was 20 minutes, but, uh, some, some thoughts there. So in enjoy. And if you're, um, if you're kind of in the middle of this journey of trying these things out and it, and you're not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel yet, all I can say is keep it up, keep going with, uh, with the approaches, uh, that, that we're talking about here in relationship parenting of giving your children responsibility of returning that, helping them develop self-control. It will pay off. And when your kids start getting more uh, capable and more familiar with what it feels like to have impulses, but then stop it themselves. Like your, your days as parenting will be so much better, so much easier. So have a good rest of the day and I'll talk to you next time.